listening to the New Mamas Podcast, a Just Chatting episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Mamas Podcast. We are here. This is a part two, kind of, to like the postpartum episode I did last week, but we're going to be talking about that and also the kite baby controversy that's been like all over social media. Um, I have Evie here with me today. She's sitting in my office. I tried to put her down for a nap, but she like wouldn't go down. And so I was like, all right, whatever. Like she kept crying, like, and not usually like I nurse to nap. I know that's like so bad, but I was nursing to nap and she just kept popping off the boob and crying. So I figured I'm like, maybe she's not tired yet. So I was like, all right, whatever. Let's get up. I tried that for a half hour. Then we got up. I may, went downstairs and make my coffee, eat a little bit of avocado mousse. Um, my friend sent me these meals from, like, we have a local town here, Clinton, New Jersey, and there's this company called Nourish to Heal, and they send out, like, it's a meal delivery service, but it's, like, all healthy. I think they, they do meat, but a lot of it's plant-based, and I'm vegetarian. I think a lot of you might know. I don't eat meat. I'm against, like animal cruelty, whatever. Like, I'm not a hardcore vegan. I still eat or drink milk and cheese. Um, You know, you do what you can. I'm not perfect, and I don't expect anyone else to be perfect, too. Uh, Long, wow, long-winded, but anyway, um, nourished to heal. I was eating some avocado mousse while I was waiting for my coffee to brew, and hello! I don't know if anyone's ever made avocado mousse, but or it's like chocolate avocado mousse. Wow. Just freaking delicious. I... It was so creamy, silky, tasty, and I feel like I need to try and recreate it uh, on my own. But anyway, I'm like looking at Evie. <laughs> she's in a little like nursing pillow thing and she's smiling. Hello, baby girl. Yeah, she's like smiling at me. Okay, cool. So you're like my new podcasting buddy then. All right, maybe I'll like get on the floor for this so I can like hang out with her and talk to her while I'm podcasting. Okay, so now I'm sitting on the floor with her. So we are chilling and I'm I have some postpartum things I forgot to mention last week. I feel like I was recording in such a rush that there were so many things that I like didn't remember to cover. <laughs> um, but like, okay, so the first thing I wanted to mention was when my milk came in, like a couple days after the hospital, or maybe it was like two days after I got home from the hospital. I was in the kitchen and it's like I got a blast of cold air and I got the craziest chills when my and I'm assuming it's when my milk came in because we did a little bit of research afterwards. But oh my gosh, I was like shaking. I was frozen in place and I was like crying. I was like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. Like I just got these intense chills and I was like my body was freezing it was as if i was like dunked in the arctic and i came out and so my mom luckily was there and um she brought me into the living room and we like got a waited wait a uh oh she's crying okay brb hold on (laughs) maybe now she wants to nap okay everyone i am back i put her in her bassinet in the nursery slash we don't really have a nursery like archie in her share room but then also archie doesn't sleep in there i sleep in there so i don't know what it is it's basically the kids room we'll just call it that but anyway i put her in 
her little bassinet not using the crib right now the crib has become like a catch-all for all like clothes and like stuff that i'm organizing actually i had my postpartum doula come over yesterday and like evie was sleeping most of the day and i was like okay i'm gonna go upstairs and like go organize some stuff and my postpartum doula katie from life and bloom wellness over here in central new jersey check her out i'll put all the stuff in the show notes if you're a local she's fantastic she was like do you want me to come up and help you organize? And I was like, oh, oh, is that, is that an option? Is that in your <laughs> job description? Um, I think because it was baby related, it, uh, it totally worked. So it was just a huge help, even just to have her there for moral support. Like, have you guys ever had a house project? Like, let's say, let's take or organizing a, a bedroom with like tons of clothes, whatever, like, has ever been so overwhelming for you that you just like don't start because you don't know where to start because you're so overwhelmed and just like having an additional person there usually it's my mom like my mom i usually save all those big projects for like when my mom's visiting because she's helpful and has like a good like steady patient eye for things like i think part of my issue is that i'm incredibly impatient so if a task requires a lot of like little steps or too much thinking, like it's almost like thinking paralysis. It's like, you know the, how there's a lot of, there's like the ba- uh, Silicon Valley CEOs wear the same thing every day because it's a way to like minimize their brain like tiredness. Like they don't have to make the decision of like what to wear in the morning. It's just streamlined. They wear the same thing every day, which I kind of like somewhat adopted a little bit like i have a minimalist closet for the most part i don't really have any real clothes it's really just like athleisure (laughs) and then i rent like all the fun pieces if i have like you know an event i'm going to or like i know i go like when i go to church i like try to rent a couple like cute dresses whatever right so i i have a minimalist closet like partially for that reason because like the decision paralysis that happens anyway the kids bedroom I just have like too much stuff in there, not enough storage, lots of lots of clothes, things that already like Archie and Evie have both grown out of in the last eight weeks. So anyway, my postpartum doula, she came upstairs and we spent like a good portion of the day just like talking and organizing and it was so helpful. I don't know why I mentioned that. Um, anyway, Evie's asleep in her bassinet. Oh, the pacifier. The other thing that my postpartum doula introduced to me was the magic of the pacifier um do you guys use a pacifier on your newborns slash have you used one for your if you've already passed that stage i didn't use one with archie i think i tried for like a split second but he just didn't really take to it like he spit it out every single time i got it like a couple different ones too i got like the expensive like mushy scandinavian ones i got like i don't know the cheapy advent phillips ones I got like every single one under the sun and he just didn't like any of them. He just spit them out. So I gave up. But I think I like didn't really understand how to use it. And this is why, fam, having like a newborn specialist, like a little coach or like someone who's been there and done that before or like, you know, a cousin that has had baby experience or a postpartum doula show you how to do things is so helpful because she kind of coached me on how to use a pacifier the pacifier put puts Evie to sleep like immediately. Like just now you heard her. She was getting fussy. She was tired. Obviously, I could tell she was like closing her eyes when we were nursing, but she like refused to go down. So anyway, 
put her in a bassinet, put some calming music on. I use the um, hatch. Like I have the hatch, the little one. I don't know what the little one is called, but it's for nurseries. Put on some music. I've got like a fan going in there for white noise. Popped in a pacifier. Boom, done. She is asleep. So now I have time to podcast. Okay. So I was talking about the weird chills that I had when I got home from the hospital. And apparently that can happen when your milk comes in. So if you, and it didn't happen to me the first time with Archie, but then granted I was in so much pain that maybe it did happen, but I was like in so much pain from my full body allergic reaction that (laughs) I don't know who knows. But yeah, that was really crazy. My mom brought me in the living room. We turned on a heated blanket, which, oh my gosh, heat is so healing. I think the heated blanket is the best like sneaky, sneaky tool out there to like just make you feel so good. So, okay, heated blanket. She put it on there. I got like a hot cup of tea and eventually I started to like warm up and feel better. But like everyone was super freaked out. Like John called the nurses. He he called the nurses from our maternity ward at the hospital because we had just gotten home and I was bleeding a lot at the hospital. And, you know, I had like I had high blood pressure after the hospital, like after I gave birth to. But my you know, my doctor seemed like okay with it. But anyway, we were just worried because I guess after you give birth, like you could have all sorts of complications. And of course that, you know, full body crazy chills. I had no fever, but we were keeping an eye on it. It was just a red flag. So anyway, everything was fine. Ended up being that my milk was coming in. Oh, and then I think like that same night or like, I don't know, 24 hours after I was taking a shower and my boobs hurt so much and i think it's because again my milk came in and i don't know if i had like a clogged duct or something but wow that pain was miserable so in i took a hot shower and i remember like wincing and being like oh gosh this whole breastfeeding thing like i haven't even started and it's already like a thing but i was like massaging where it hurt like under hot water cuz apparently that's like what you're supposed to do and that did relieve the symptoms and then she started to nurse more and like suck the milk out of the duct and i think i like i felt better after that but just like woof that took me for a little bit of a ride coming home from the hospital i forgot to mention that the other thing i wanted to talk about was my breast feeding journey how breastfeeding was going because i don't think i mentioned it in my last episode so i chose to breastfeed she latched pretty easily at the hospital i was i'm really blessed like both archie and evie like both latched really well to the breast i think breastfeeding was harder with archie than it is with evie i don't know if it's again my because i was like i had this allergic reaction And I just feel like I was so sick, like the first six to eight weeks with this allergic reaction that maybe I couldn't focus on my breastfeeding journey. It was just like survival. Like I didn't pump. I didn't pump at all. And you know, like when they go down for like longer stretches of time, how your boobs start to like really hurt. And sometimes, you know, you need to pump like in between, like when they're napping, like which I I do now. Or if like you go out or or whatever. Not that I was going out. It was COVID. So I wasn't going out. But like, you know, sometimes you have to pump. You don't have to. But like, I liked to pump to relieve the symptoms. But then also, apparently, that's like a trick to keep your supply like steady and constant is like just making sure you like drain every few hours. 
So I, and I don't know, I don't know that for a fact, everybody. Listen, I've just read stuff on the internet, doing my best. I had one session with a lactation consultant in the hospital that was super, super helpful. But anyway, I found for me it to be really helpful to pump every two to three hours if she hasn't fed in two to three hours, if that makes sense. So I was doing, I've been doing that with her. I didn't do that with Archie. And yeah, I I pump about like two to three ounces at a time. One boob is producing more than the other boob, which is kind of funny. Sometimes on a good day, I'll make four ounces. But and, and I was worried that that was like a I was I had low supply and I started to Google things and like look for podcast episodes on like low supply, how to boost your supply. And what I've learned and shout out to the Milk Minute podcast. I love this podcast so much for like breastfeeding mamas because the two personalities on there, I forget their names, but they are so funny and real and like going through it with you. Like they just have a very good vibe. Like they're not preachy. They're not, I don't know. They're just like really good. I think one's a midwife and one's a lactation consultant, but Milk Minute podcast, they're I've found it to be really helpful to listen to. For example, one thing that they mentioned that made me feel so much better is like they have a Facebook group and they ban the freezers full of milk photos. You guys know what I'm talking about. And you who knows, maybe you listening had a freezer full of milk and maybe you took a photo. Maybe you posted it because you're really proud. And you know what? You should be proud because I know every time I pump and I pop it into a little baggie and put it in the fridge and I have like a tiny little stash going. I am really proud of myself, but sometimes those freezer full of milk photos can make other moms feel like they have an undersupply, which was what was happening to me. Like I was like, oh my gosh, am I not producing enough milk? Like I just cannot get a freezer stash going because she basically eats the like two to three to four ounces that I produce at a time. And what the podcast was talking about was how you really don't need a freezer full of milk unless you plan on going back to work and all that stuff. But if for your day to day, if you just have like the next meal or two stashed, you are totally fine, which I don't even have that right now because I'm home with her full time. And I, like my doula comes every other day. I'm sure she if she came every day. Maybe I would be pumping more so she could bottle feed her while I rested and did stuff. So, yeah. But anyway, breastfeeding's been going really well. It's an exhausting thing, though. Like, wow, your body is just like I describe it as your body is not yours because I don't know. I just feel like every two to three hours, like I said, you get that like full feeling and then you get like I hate getting a letdown and you start to leak. Oh, it's the worst feeling. I hate being leaky and let downy. So I don't know. I think I'm going to try to go as long as possible. Archer self-weaned at about six months. So I hope that I can make it to a year. That's like my goal, of course, is like, okay, like the World Health Organization recommends a year of breastfeeding. Going to try that. I would like that. I like bonding with my baby. So like through breastfeeding. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not putting any pressure on myself. If I decide tomorrow that I want to stop, I'll stop. <laughs> and if like she weans, like it will be bittersweet, but I will, um, yeah, it'll be fine. 
I guess I kind of also hope to make it that long because formula is expensive. And I know, I know everyone's like, well, when you sit down and you put the time together that you breastfeed, like that's expensive. And I'm like, yeah, but like, honestly, buying formula for $50 a pop at the store, that's like actually draining my wallet versus like if I'm breastfeeding or if I'm pumping, I can use a hands free pump and work at the same time. So I'm actually not losing any money, if you know what I mean. I don't know. But I get it. Breastfeeding is just a lot. For me, like I also part of the motivator is honestly money and I'm just being like super transparent. Like formula is super expensive. And if she likes breast milk and I can breastfeed and we can save a little money, then that would be great. So we are doing that. Okay, next topic is sleep. So how has sleep been going? I don't think I talked about that in my last episode. All right. So sleep has been going how you would expect newborn sleep to go. Just every two to three hours, you're up. feeding them well that was like actually the first like few weeks which i think everybody who's been through it knows it is so intense and i think i like kind of forgot how intense it was but so whatever so the first few weeks i slept downstairs because it was just easier i was in the kitchen and i was like supplementing a lot more like with formula so i would breastfeed and then i would make formula to give her And I think I was overfeeding her. I did that because the hospital told me to. And if it was something that I wish that I didn't do, it was that. Like, I wish at the hospital I didn't listen to them. Or maybe I, like, took it with more of a grain of salt. But then also, she was born, like, I had gestational diabetes. And she was having, like, blood sugar issues when she came out. Like, her blood sugar was really low. So, we had to supplement supplement with formula to get her blood sugars up so I was super paranoid about that so I think I like uh, maybe I took that paranoia home with me and I was like all right I need to like supplement so that her blood sugar stays up even though we were discharged and her blood sugar was fine I was just super anxious about that so but I think what that was doing was two things one I think it was kind of hurting my supply because I wouldn't like finish out the feed like I would feed her like left boob, right boob, she would pop on and off. And then I would burp her, then supplement with formula. And then she would like spit up like everywhere, like her entire feed. And we did that a lot. And I was like, why does she keep spitting up so much? And then I realized, or I read somewhere, or I heard it on the podcast that like you can overfeed and their bellies are so little and they will be at max capacity and they'll just spit up. (laughs) So around the same time that I stopped supplementing with formula, was also around the same time that we finally got the kids room set up for me to be able to sleep in there because remember I gave birth two weeks earlier than I thought I was going to be so that was two I was going to use those two weeks to get the nursery slash bedroom set up because I was still working I was working up until basically those you know gave, gave myself like a week I think it was a week actually a week or two of time before she came but I didn't get that time. So anyway, around the same time, I moved upstairs and wow, my whole like, I feel like life changed because I was sleeping in a real bed and not on the couch. We had the bassinet that I put like next to the bed. So I'd pull her over, start to nurse her like laying down sideways. Wow, what a game changer. I think a lot of moms are nervous to like lay down and feed because they're afraid of falling asleep. So some I do two things to kind of mitigate that. So the first thing I do is I have my Kindle and I read while I'm nursing. 
So right now, I think I told you guys in the last episode, I'm rereading the Akatar series, the Court of Thorns and Roses. If you're a fantasy girly, then you know what I'm talking about. But I'm rereading it in, a, in anticipation for the next book to come out on anyway, January 30th. And I also use the Owlet. So it's a oxygen and blood, like blood, not blood pressure, hearts, he beats per minute. It's a heart monitor and oxygen monitor. And I have that on her at night just for peace of mind. Like, of course, I would never rely on that to be like totally foolproof. But again, it's just like another tool in the toolbox to like give me peace of mind that like, okay, if I do fall asleep and like, God forbid something happens, like it will go off. And it does work because I had one night down when I was sleeping downstairs in the living room area where I was burping her. And when I was burping her, I'd put her like laying on my chest. And I think I fell asleep sitting up with her laying on my chest and she was face down. And I don't know, maybe she was like suffocating a little bit, but her oxygen level started to dip and the outlet alarm went off and was like, your baby's uncomfortable. Like your baby, like, I think that it goes off at like different levels. Like if it's really low, I think it'll go off like red and get all crazy. But like if it starts to dip under... I don't know, I think an oxygen of like 70% or 80%, it like says, hey, your baby's uncomfortable. Like, go check on your baby. Like, what's going on? So it started to do that. And I woke up right away and I was like, oh my gosh, thank God for this outlet. Oh my goodness. You can get them used also on Facebook Marketplace. I know it's not in a budget for everybody. It's, a, it's also a good um, registry item. So if you haven't had your baby yet and you want to put it on your registry, maybe someone will be kind enough to buy it for you. But yeah, I've been doing that, like reading and using the outlet so that I don't fall asleep. Um, but then now that she's a little older, I have to admit we have been doing a little bit of bed sharing. So bed sharing, again, not recommend, not recommended, wow, not recommended by the, I think, American Pediatric Sleep Association or something like that, obviously, because the risks are SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. They say you should not bed share, of course. And I think I've talked a lot about this in my earlier episodes about bed sharing and how like in other countries, bed sharing is really normal, but it's also because they have harder beds. They have less like fluffy pillows and blankets. Um, there is the Safe Sleep 7, which is called it's called Smart Steps to Safer Bed Sharing. And my postpartum doula shared this with me. Because we were, she was asking me how sleep was going since she stopped doing night shifts with me. And she shared this with me and it was really helpful. It's all stuff I have like kind of read before, but I didn't realize that it's like a safe, there's a safe sleep seven, which I think is so helpful for new moms to remember. So here, I'll like read it for you guys. So bed sharing, safe sleep. Number one is no smoking in the home or outside. I, I have read before that smoking, like the smoke residue can increase SIDS even like if it's on your clothing or like someone else's clothing it can increase SIDS so that's no smoking number two is sober parents so no alcohol no drowsy meds I think because you're just in like that much deeper of a sleep when you have had alcohol so that's number two number three is nursing mother day and night so that's one of the things that my doula was like a little concerned about was that I'm not exclusively breastfeeding i am pumping and bottle feeding and then sometimes supplementing with formula so i don't know why it is that you should have an exclusive breastfeed relationship but anyway but i feel like 
in my like uneducated opinion, I breastfeed enough where I feel comfortable in that category. Number four is healthy baby full term. Number five is baby on back. So obviously like putting the baby to sleep on their back. Six is no sweat, no swaddles. That is like definitely like I feel like pinning their arms is like that's a no-no, especially when they're on the bed. And number seven is a safe sleep surface. So no super soft mattresses, no extra pillows, no toys, no heavy covers, clear of strings and cords, pack the cracks, use rolled towels or baby blankets, cover the baby, not the head. Um, a rhyme, and then on this sheet also says a rhyme for sleep time. No smoke, sober mom, baby at your breast, healthy baby on his back, keep him lightly dressed. Not too soft a bed, watch the cords and gaps, keep the covers off his head for your nights and naps. How cute is that? But anyway, that's called the Safe Sleep 7. I feel like every new mom should know about this because inevitably, if you end up bed sharing, which we have like kind of, we kind of do, like Evie starts out the night in her bassinet. And I put her back twice. And then usually the last time, like around 4 a.m., she'll wake up for another feed. I'll feed her and I'll just kind of leave her like sleeping in the bed with me because like I also kind of like the cuddles. I know it's bad. Uh, so, yeah, safe sleep seven. The last thing I want to talk about, and I'm so sorry if this sounds a certain way, but for any toddler moms out there, maybe you can relate, is three and a half an annoying age? I hate to say it. I am really sorry. I love my son so much, but God, can can it be annoying? <laughs> I just have to say it. And I'm I don't care. Judge me all you want, but like, and I don't know, maybe part of it is because I am postpartum. And as I mentioned in my last episode, I'm like easily triggered. But it's like I'm not even like triggered. It's just like some things that he like does is just annoying. Like, I don't know. I I feel bad even admitting that. But like dinner the last few nights, maybe the last week actually, has been just a struggle. I don't know if any other like toddler moms have gone through this or if this is unique to Archie. But I don't know. He used to eat everything. Like he used to be such a good eater. And then now, especially at dinner time, he'll ask for he'll be like, I want tortellini. OK, so we will make an entire thing of tortellini for the family. John and I don't really feel like eating tortellini, but we will cater to whatever he wants to eat because he's so picky that we're like, all right, if you want to eat this, we will make it for you. So we make the tortellini and I, I always serve like a car, like if it's like a carby, which it usually is, he's usually eating some kind of carb and cheese form. So quesadilla, grilled cheese, ravioli, or sometimes it's just pasta with butter lately. And I'll always serve it with like an apple or broccoli, like something with fiber, like a a fruit or a vegetable. But he's just been really bad at eating. He'll just like pick at his food and not eat and then start to play with it and like mash it. And you know how it goes. Like he'll just start to make this like huge mess and it won't just trigger me. So maybe it's not just because I'm postpartum, but like it triggers John too. like John starts to get like super upset and annoyed and frustrated and we're like buddy you need to eat your food you don't play with your food that's not what we do do you do that at school no well what makes you think it's okay to do it at home and it's hard because we are trying to like have 
it, it, I don't know. Discipline is so weird. Like we want to discipline him and make sure that he's like not a little, you know, ASS hole because like John works, he's a middle school music teacher. And unfortunately he's like all the kids, like none of them have any discipline. I don't think they've heard the word no in their life. They're not polite. And the last thing we want to do is like raise a child like that. Like I was raised obviously like, okay, I think boomer parents did a lot of things incorrect for sure. And that's why we are a generation that is depressed and on antidepressants and has lots of bad anxiety. But I will say one thing that we were taught was like, was like respect, politeness. Like I I heard this thing once someone was saying like kids don't sit and they don't learn how to like sit in church anymore. Like they, like when I was young, my grandma used to take us to church and like, we would have to sit there for like the hour and a half of Catholic mass. Number one, mass is way too long. Okay. An hour and a half, way too long. We need an express mass, but maybe that's my like impatience slash millennial talking. I don't know. But we like my cousins and I had to learn how to sit politely and behave without any technology for that hour and a half of church and you know as as young kids we don't understand a word that's being said especially if part of it is in latin catholic mass you know good old catholic mass but but we learned we learned how to sit and behave and be patient because if we did behave grandma would take us to mcdonald's and let us play at the playground or burger king and there was always like a debate, like, do you want to go to Burger King playground or do you want to go to McDonald's playground? This was back when like those restaurants had playgrounds. Now, I know some of you have playgrounds still at your McDonald's, like my friend Bridget that lives out in Chicago. I know she brings her kids to the playground at McDonald's and I'm jealous. I wish we had a playground that was indoors, even though it's disgusting. I mean, it's somewhere to go inside and there's food. But and you know what? McDonald's. It's not that bad. All right. I know I started off this episode talking about avocado mousse, chocolate mousse, and like how healthy it was and whatever. And here I am like, you know, McDonald's ain't that bad. But anyway, long story short, discipline is like we're entering the age of like how to appropriately discipline our child so that he knows how to behave in society and learning that like his actions have consequences. I think that's the one thing that like John was saying. He's like, None of these kids have any consequences. Like, they don't get in trouble. Like, we can email and call parents all we want, but the parents never believe us that the kids, you know, will, like, say the N-word in class, for example. And their parents will defend them, saying, my kid would never do that. And he's like, I, like, I feel gaslighted because this happens all the time and parents don't believe me. So we just, like, I don't know. I just don't, I want my child to, like, understand that actions have consequences and that you're always... You are polite and you treat everybody with respect, no matter who they are. So I don't know. It's a hard one. I think I need to do some education. I hope you can't hear baby crying in the background because she, I guess, woke up. Probably the pacifier fell out. The one bad thing about the pacifier is that when it falls out, they wake up. So, all right, give me one second. I'm going to go check on her, pop the pacifier back in and finish out this episode before we get to the kite baby interview with my friend Alyssa. Okay, I'm back. It was the pacifier. I knew it. (laughs) All right, everyone. I'm going to transition to the kite baby controversy. I had my friend Alyssa Bolanos on with me. She is Casa Bolanos on Instagram. She talks a lot about this because she has a personal story to share where she also got 
fired slash let go because of maternity slash postpartum slash whatever all the being a mom basically so we break down talk about what happened i'm also going to try to find the apology videos from the ceo and put those at the end of the episode so you can like hear it i actually haven't heard the apology yet but yeah let's talk about the kite baby controversy everybody i'm the boss i can do whatever i want (laughs) you the boss you the girl boss girl boss (laughs) Alyssa. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to be back here. I'm happy to have you back. So today we're going to be recapping the kite baby controversy, which I feel like has been all over social media, but it's mostly like, I feel like I've just read headlines. Like I don't really know the nitty gritty. And it seems like you also have like a personal like story that like this, the story seemed to hit you hard because I think you had a similar experience. So I just would... I'd love to hear that. But first, let's start with, okay, Kite Baby is a, right, bamboo made, they make sleep sacks. I've had, like, Kite Baby stuff, and so have you, right? Yeah, I loved it for the kids, especially with Gami, because he had eczema and super sensitive skin, so the bamboo is really, not only is it sustainable, but it's really good for, you know, babies that have skin conditions. Right. So then the story was, it was an employee that, so someone that worked for Kite Baby, right? Actually, you tell the story. This is your, like, you tell it. <laughs> I mean, it's not my story, but <laughs> <It's not your laughs> um, if I remember correctly, she was a photographer. Um, she adopted a baby and was born and had to be in the NICU. So the mom did not ask for time off. She just asked to work remotely. Wow. And it went up to the CEO and the CEO shot it down. Like, quickly. Can we pause and there? Then- Working remote in 2024. Come on. And like, not even that. I'm sorry. You are a mother and baby brand. You have a mother that the baby just is ended up in the NICU born early. You're not going to be like, okay, yeah, take your time. I that's, that's the thing that gets me. It just, well, I think the thing, I, so many things get me. It's the, it's the asking to work remote, which is so normal these days. Like, I don't understand like what the big deal was, but so I'm, I have a news article here that Marissa and her partner adopted a baby boy who had been born after only 22 weeks. That's what is it, six months. That's like barely viable, like mm-hmm. about barely a, like, you know, viability for life or whatever they call it like that's like that's really scary and sad and like yeah scary for any new parent like or or old parent for any parent i'm sorry that's just terrifying to think that your baby is super small you know the i a good friend of mine that actually happened to her too that the baby was born at like 21 weeks survived thank god but wow it was like five months in the NICU it was a long time for this baby to grow to an acceptable you know weight and lung performance and all that stuff like there's so much that goes into it and then yeah like to work remote you know I think we all saw that the pandemic showed that people can work if not more productive in their own homes yes this mother should not have even been working she should have had time off and she to the fact that that wasn't even her thought that she was like let me just keep working but at least that I could work from my child's, you know, hospital bedside. And they still said no. Okay, so then the request went all the way up to the CEO and the CEO denied it. And then what happened? Um, I think she quit. If that, I'm not 
too clear on um but you know she she put it on blast. oh no she didn't quit but she didn't oh. when she requested to work remotely while staying with her baby at the NICU the company fired her oh yes that makes oh, it that makes it worse guys why didn't they I just know. give her like a leave of absence like I feel I, like I think they offered her okay. two weeks oh but still two that, weeks. that's not a leave that's not a leave of absence that is barely a vacation, honestly. Uh, oh, but can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Nick, oh, hello, honey. We got this a baby is, on the pod. This is my, uh, he's my story, right? He's the reason that I went through a similar experience. So it just, it's crazy to me to think that like a new parent with a baby in the NICU now without a job. Now with a, yeah. What if that was their sole income? Like, and then they did start a GoFundMe, I think. They did. And for the they legal were fees. Very supported. Do um, you think that there would have been more compassion if she was the birth mother? Do you think it's because no. she was adopting that there was like this lack of empathy, it seemed like? No, because I see it all the time. Uh, we live in a country that doesn't prioritize maternal health no matter the circumstances. So I don't think it would have mattered. And I want to note that the CEO. She did two apologies. She had the one on TikTok and emphasized multiple times that this was an adoptive parent as if that mattered. Mattered, yeah. If that made her less of a mother, you know, which I thought was super just, just gross. Like, you just don't, so what? Yeah, Good guys, and I'll play, I'll play the audio if I can, like, if I can find the clip, if it's still, is it still up? I believe so. <laughs> it's, it's circulating ever. I mean, if it's not up on Kite Babies, there's been screen recordings all around. Okay, yeah, I'll see if I can find it and play. I'll it send everybody. you the link to the article I have because it has the. Oh, uh, oh good, the thank link. you. Yeah, so it says here that the CEO apologized in a TikTok video on Friday for how her parental leave was communicated and handled. Kite Baby prides itself on being a family-oriented company, which I'm like, guys, like my company. I work for Cisco. It's a global tech company, not a parenthood company at all. Is so family-oriented. We've had things like this happen and it's like managers are usually very like, go take as much time as you need. Like when my dog passed and this is a dog, like not that the dog isn't special, but when my dog passed, my team was like, just take as much time as you need. Come back when you're ready. Like there was like almost no formal like process. I don't know. Right. But then is it because is devil's advocate the fact that like Kite Baby, like it's a small company and maybe they couldn't afford to have someone not working. I mean, I see it, you know, now I have a small business, so I see it from that way too. Yeah. But you're a company that profits, your whole company is based on motherhood. Yeah. So true. <laughs> and and yeah. I mean, I don't think they're that small anymore. You know, like they they've had collaborations with freaking Harry Potter and Warner Brothers. Like you're not that small, you know, I mean, I don't know. I could be. No, I judging. think you're no, I think you're right. I think they're actually like they are very, very, very well known in the motherhood space for sure. So to not have something in place and OK, maybe you can't pay the employee. Right. But there's also FMLA. There's all these other things in place. But give them the time off with the security that they're still going to have their job yeah you know? i feel like at the very least it's like take as much time as you need when you're ready to come back let's try and figure something out right like whether Instead that like, 
Yeah, because maybe that role, maybe she can't come back as the same role that she had, but maybe they can find like an administrative position or like whatever job, you know, there's always work to be done. Like maybe they just could have figured something out with right. her. It, it sounds like it could have gone a million different ways before it went to where it did. Exactly. And and honestly, I, I don't even want to put all the blame on Kite Baby, even though, yeah, it's really their, all their fault. But it really comes down to we do not have any laws, any reform, anything in this country that protects new parents in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So there's no security for health care, for wages, for food, nothing when you give birth. You just have to pray that you work in a company that will already take care of you because of this. But uh, other than that, like we don't have FMLA, like FMLA is not mandatory by state. I learned that the hard way moving to Florida, you know, in New York, we would get paid. I think it was like 12 weeks, Florida. I don't think there's anything. I so don't think New Jersey has anything either. It's not. I think it is. I think FMLA is mandatory, but not paid. FMLA. Not paid, not paid. Yeah. But be paid. Because then you have parents that, OK, yeah, I'll take this time off to bond with my child emotionally developmentally heal my body but then how am i going to feed them how am i going to feed myself to breastfeed you know how am i yeah. gonna whatever like it's not just the time off it's the stability and security that you need with it that support that you need with it so then what was your story because it seemed like it touched you on a very personal level like what happened to you so i was working for a major u.s bank which i will not name but you know, they know what's in your wallet. <laughs> and um, I worked Love there. It. I worked there when I gave birth to Santi, my first, you know, pregnancy and all fine. I actually had six months of maternity leave. Wow. Um, wow. Amazing for a bank. And a, it, it's a tech focused bank and, you know, a huge corporation. I mean, and for them to have those policies was amazing. So with my second, um, you know, I, I had some stuff happen during my pregnancy where my manager would make comments like, well, how are you going to balance motherhood and this? And how are you going to X, Y, Z, which none of your business. Um, Who says that? Was yeah, it a male? Just curious, male manager or female manager? Female, female manager. Um, sorry, <laughs> someone's at the door. The store. Um, female manager, um, which makes it worse. So Wait, I did you want to go let you know, them in? Um, no, it's OK. Oh, she's waiting in her car. it's okay i hope you could cut this out (laughs) um i yeah female manager would make all these comments during my pregnancy took maternity leave um and i had a very traumatic birth you know i almost Mm -hmm. died not only during the birth but a month later i had sepsis they found out and you know i spent another almost month in the hospital so that was a lot i ended up getting disability um and it was always something, someone calling me while I was in disability, trying to see when I was coming back, just all these things trying to figure out, and which they weren't supposed to do. Anyways, point of the story is I got a letter in the mail saying that my health care was getting terminated. I know, my love, it's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> mom, mom, life. Good. Mom, mom, um, you're good. So I, I was told that my, my <laughs> it was terminated because my health care got Got a letter terminated. My healthcare got cut off. I never got a formal termination. Uh, still to this day, it's been almost three years. Yes, baby. Look, mommy's on the phone here. Can you say hi to Miss Lena? Hi. <laughs> your um, so your manager never like officially fired you. 
still to this day, I like they I never called you company property because they never called me to get it back. They never nothing. I never got fired. No, puppy, I'm on the phone, my love. Go on the couch. Mom life. Mom life. <laughs> yep. Mom they life. want your attention when it's not on them. Okay, you stay right there then. Um, so yeah, got fired, still haven't gotten any formal, you know, termination three years later. I filed a claim with EEOC, but honestly, that I haven't gone further and I should still sue them if I can, but that pushed me to, you know, open my business and be present for my kids because life is so short. Wow. I just can't believe you actually weren't formally like I can't believe your no. manager wouldn't even just like give you a phone call and be like, hey, nothing. no email, nothing. But they called me on disability and I had um, you know, I had a therapist because of what I went through and my doctor all telling me that they're not even supposed to call when you're on disability, trying to find out when I'm coming back. They're like wow. your disabilities, your disability. You know, you take your time with that. Like I, I remember yeah. my just even giving me extra days because she was like, "Screw your manager for calling you." Boom, here's another month or something like that. I was like, Heck "Yeah," but it, it's you know a, a large company. I was so focused on you know we were like a small company and everyone's like family and they have all these benefits until you have to take them, mm-hmm. <laughs> like ah. until you need them, until you and actually need problem. those benefits. Uh huh. Right. Right. Okay. That's wild. Mm -hmm. It's like, it makes me wonder how many times, I mean, if it happens, look how much, look how often it happens happens to anyone. Right. And this is just one case of it going viral, but I'm sure it happens to so many women that, and it, this doesn't, and in a way, like I'm, I'm actually really against like cancel culture and I hate all that stuff. So when I saw this stuff about like, like cancel hype baby, I was like, all right, what happened now? But in a way, I feel like what's nice is social media is holding these companies accountable in a way that in the past they were not able because now it's like, okay, they don't want a PR nightmare. So maybe next time they think about firing a mom, they just think twice or they figure out another way that is a bit more human. Like that's the thing. It's like almost there's no humanity in what happened, which is it's it's horrible, but I, I still feel like it's even worse. The fact that this situation happened to a mother from a mom focused brand. Yes, that's like the well, in a way. So my I worked for a healthcare company in my last job and they had the worst healthcare benefits. You I would that a lot with hospitals, too. Like you would think being a healthcare company, I would have had like great maternity leave. I had six weeks maternity leave like that's it. And then, oh, and I also didn't qualify for FMLA. You have to be there for a year. I was like 11, I think I was 11 months. Like, I was, I was just shy of a year. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. And they didn't they grant it to me. Yeah. I have a friend who's a nurse, and she was she used to work in labor and delivery. And she still didn't get time off when she was pregnant. Can you believe that? Crazy. Mommy, what? I know, baby. It is. It, it's it's bananas it's crazy and it, it's you know i don't know it's 2024 you would think that the united states would have better care for their mothers and yeah it, we i think we have the worst maternal leave for any developed and i use that in quotes because i hate that term developed country um I, but i think we have one of the worst in the world we're like one of like three or less than 10 countries that don't 
an actual federal policy for maternal leave. We don't parent, say our it seems like our country just doesn't care about doesn't care about women one but doesn't care about <laughs> women who are pregnant or um or give mom just moms because even when I was pregnant what shocked me was the lack of pregnancy parking like there's so much handy okay fine there's handicap parking why can't at at like third trimester you qualify or you apply for right. a handicap pass just for those few months and it's a temporary pass like it's you have it's to go through hoops you have to go through hoops for it yeah it was in now of course i wouldn't qualify because i was i was just big as a pregnant person but that's i you know but it was like ridiculous that there wasn't anything like that and i think i forgot but there was an under i hate the term too underdeveloped country whatever but my mom was telling me in brazil i think that they have that parking they have pregnancy parking at least one or two spots in each place and i'm like what that's amazing like like hello yeah new moms because you know taking all the the oh my god coach stroller like <laughs> forgetting words in english yeah it's so like it's a lot especially and then imagine if you have a c-section when it's even harder to carry things yeah so then are you would you be hesitant to buy product from kite baby now moving forward i will never buy anything from kite baby again and and it it sucks because you know they they have they, they expanded their line they had like you know women's wear like they had the most oh they did like pajama dress thing that well, patrick my husband said he has ptsd because i'd wear it so much after i gave birth after my c-section but i will never i i can't i feel like these apologies sounded fake you know mm. they came a little too late it was a little performance performative for me and I can't in good faith. Why? Why give my money to that? Yeah. There's plenty of other bamboo companies that you can find, you know? Yeah, sleep set. Right, exactly. So it's funny because even though I am like so against cancel culture and all that, I'm not one to like not buy product from a certain brand because in my like, in my like feelings, it's like, okay, I think every company, there's a lot of companies that do suck that we just don't know about that people buy from and are loyal to. But in this case, I don't need to buy from Kite Baby. Like yeah. I would sooner buy something from like almost just to make a point. It's like Right. 100%. Yeah. Cuz I agree with you. I I think cancel culture is stupid. I think we're all humans and everyone makes mistakes or things get construed wrong or you know, like people shouldn't be canceled for one thing, but for a mom, mom owned business to do this, I I think that's just wrong. Like it's I, wrong. I think the CEO is a mother too, if I remember correctly, she has like five kids someone said. Again, don't quote me on that, but even what it makes even it if worse. You're just being a woman, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like what it it bothers me when and it's funny because in my last company too, the aggression that I felt for being a mom, a new mom, always came from women and never from the men I worked with. Well, actually there was one man in particular that was aggressive towards me, but it wasn't because I was a mom. He was just a a dickhead, <laughs> for lack of better words. But like I just couldn't, I was, I remember being shocked. It it feels like a betrayal because it feels like you of all people should understand and you're the one that's being so dismissive and cruel about my situation. I agree. I mean, my manager too, she wasn't a mom. She's a woman though. But she's a woman, yeah. She understands like like, the, the shit we go through, you know? Especially in like corporate America, right? Like you always have to work harder to be somewhere yeah. and it's crazy because like you know i'm 
I'm Arab Latina. Like I've been discriminated against plenty of times, mm-hmm. but never so much as when I became a mother in corporate wow. America. Wow. 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 That's the quote of the day right there. Like that's. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to me. People would much rather hire me or like not care that I'm Latina, but they would care that I'm a mom because it's, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the term second shift, right? For mothers. No. So, um, there's this, you know, whole theology behind the second shift and moms, whether you're a working mom or not, but let's pretend, you know, in this case, working mothers. So you go to work, you come home and you don't clock out. You clock back in to motherhood, to making dinner, to cleaning, to making sure the kids are good, to bathing, to doing all the things you have to do as a parent. When do you clock out? Never. And there's this idea too, that in the workplace, oh, because you, you know, you're clocked into motherhood, you'll be clocked out of your first shift, your regular nine to five, whatever it may be that pays the bills. So there's always that prejudice towards mothers that like, oh, well, you have to take time off because your kid's sick. So you're not going to be as focused as work or, you know, X, Y, or Z. But there's always that stigma of you're a mom, you have too much on your plate. No, it's, yeah, it's terrible. I hate, but I never heard that. But that makes a lot of sense and where people would think that. Yeah, it's gross. I don't, I hate it. Dads never get it, right? Dads never get it. Oh, you're a dad. Are you going to be okay to work? No, because it's, I feel like even when dads are stay at home dads, they get a different kind of like celebration than women do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, Alyssa, tell us where everyone can find you. (laughs) In Orlando, everyone can find me on social media at Casa Bolanos. Oh, wait, no, at Casa Bolanos (laughs) or CasaBolanos.com, my blog. Um, Or in Orlando, in your shop, (laughs) Oh, Eco. Oh, Eco, Orlando's first eco friendly shop. We're here to serve. (laughs) Here, serving all the good stuff. Thank you so much for hopping on with me today quickly to talk about this. Um, For everyone listening, uh, yes, go follow Elizabeth. (laughs) Brain fart. (laughs) For everyone Mom's listening brain right now. Mom's brain. For everyone listening, um, I'll put everything about Alyssa in the show notes so you can give her a follow and check out her Instagram. Her Instagram is popping. So yeah, she's making it happen. All right. Thanks, Alyssa. Appreciate you, Lena. Appreciate you too. Bye. Have a great day. You too. All right, everyone. That was the discussion with my friend Alyssa. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can probably hear baby girl. She woke up and I'm trying to burp her and feed her. And she's probably back in that like eat, play, like sleep cycle. Like she slept, she fed, and now she probably wants to play. So I think we're going to go do that. Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. Slide into my DM, say hi, rate the show, subscribe, blah, 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 all this stuff. Love you, love you. Stay tuned to next week for the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash new mamas podcast. 
Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at New Mamas Podcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.